Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 14. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Friday. Steelers Nation, Dave, the Pittsburgh Steelers 2023 preseason has concluded a clean sweep of their three opponents going 3-0 on the summer, shutting out the Atlanta Falcons 24-0 Thursday night. On the road in Atlanta, dare I say, Dave, it may only be preseason, but I think it was the perfect preseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, uh, happy Friday, uh, kind of a you know short, stressful kind of week, if you will, but we we've got that behind us now, and the all twenty twos already dropped, and uh, got a lot of football on tap the rest of this weekend. What uh, week zero of uh, college, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, coming up here. Uh, perfect preseason for the Steers. And, you know, not only, I mean, we're, we're going to get, we got a lot to talk about, not only really a perfect preseason, but kind of the theme that you and I have had kind of running for, for, for most, well, for all the off season here is, you know, even going back to uh, end of February, uh, early March uh, there. Uh, I, I, you know, hope, hope people, you know, take in all that, you know, for, I, we don't know how the season's obviously going to play out and all like that, but as far as an off season goes, and I've obviously, you know, done this since like 2008, you not too long after there, I don't, I don't, and we've said this a few times, I don't know how you could script, maybe the NFL wrote this, this, this perfect <laughs> script uh, for, for, for the Steelers, yeah. but uh, I don't know how you could have scripted this off season, you know, to go any better. I mean, there, there hasn't been any, you know, drama, you know, you go back and you look at the, the activity and how busy this team really was for a long period of time through the, uh, 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 through the free agency process. You obviously get into the draft and you see what, what happened there and kind of the quote unquote, you know, supposed, you know, steals that, that, that looked like this team got. Then you fast forward into the off season, the OTA, you know, rookie minicamp OTAs, mandatory minicamp, you know, came out of that relatively healthy and, 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 and productive. You get into training camp and, uh, I think you had a, uh, a heavy rainfall, maybe one day, but it didn't, you know, really totally, totally annihilate practice. There were no fights. So you, you're not building an MMA team. You get into the preseason and really some strong performances in all three games there. And here we are now, you know, injury wise, this team looked uh, really, really healthy at this point. And then now you head into the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the final few days before you have to make the roster cuts here, you know, take, take a good look at it because I, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm 55. I don't think I'll see another uh, off season as clean and, you know, as perfect as this one. We joked about it. You kind of look over your shoulder and say, okay, when's this thing fall apart? When's that first thing going to gonna drop? But it's been really productive, and we can discuss, and I'm sure we will, how much stock you take 
from this summer and apply it to the regular season. And obviously, you know, once September 10th happens, the ball gets kicked off against San Francisco. We're not talking too much about what happened in the second quarter of, of the Falcons game, but for the here and now, all Pittsburgh can do is do what's been in front of them. And they have checked, I think, essentially every box you're looking for this time of year. Man, one box I wanted to get checked last night. I wrote yeah. up in my uh, in my five five specific things to look for was uh, can Kenny see red? And boy, did uh, <laughs> he! I didn't get one, but uh, what two of them? Right? Uh, uh, with 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 Kenny in charge, and in mm-hmm. total, this team had what three three red zone opportunities and all three culminated with, uh, with uh red zone run or low red zone at that, uh, uh, touchdown runs. And to me, and, and we would, I didn't know how long, you know, they were going to play these, you know, play the starters in this one, obviously ahead of time, but they played them uh, long enough that whatever boxes they didn't have checked offensively, I feel like they, they checked and, you know, obviously they were run, uh, running scores for, for, for the Steelers down there in the low red zone, uh, not passing one. So I guess if there was only, if there was one that wasn't checked, it was, you know, Kenny didn't throw a red zone, (laughs) red zone touchdown. But I think, (laughs) I think that's forgivable, uh, with, uh, look, uh, if you, if you strike from, if you have the explosive plays like you have, uh, from this team during the preseason, uh, and and you have a, a quarterback that, uh, in, what was it? Five drives, five, uh, five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it seven or eight explosive plays? I think uh, throughout the uh, uh, the snap count that that Kenny had uh, there. You know, th- those other things are going to come there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, offensively, and look, they they can't control who lines up across the other side of them. But as we're going to get into, especially on a couple of these big plays early here, I don't know if it matters if the if 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 the Falcons first team defense is out there on some of those, thro- uh, you know, some of those big plays uh, in, in, in this game last night, uh, I mean, really, really good wins by the wide receivers and, you know, protection was just good enough all the way around and just to pinpoint throws. You know, I, I think one of the huge takeaways from Kenny Pickett in these three preseason games is a, the footwork B the understanding of what he's looking at and see, I mean, the pinpoint accuracy. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know what more you want other than saying, and you'll hear this all this week, I'm sure. Well, it was, it was second, third, you know, right. You know, they, they didn't play their starters. Sure. And had their success come in just this game, there may be a more valid argument. I think, and I'm going to, we're going to do the housekeeping here in just one moment, but just to kind of give our quick thoughts on the game. What happened against Buffalo probably carried more weight because it was against their starters. They played mm-hmm. their guys. Atlanta did not. They sat essentially all their starters. But I think what happened against Atlanta was almost more important because you saw a lot of variety in how Pittsburgh scored. You saw them backed up on their own eight to start a drive and put the ball in the end zone. That's incredibly impressive, regardless of what the defense you know is doing, who they're playing, who they're not playing. You saw third down conversions, you saw deep balls to Deontay and George Pickens. But as you said, you saw low red zone work. You saw some really good stuff down by the goal line, which we had not seen so far. Essentially, the only thing we had not yet seen from the the offense this preseason. So I think in terms of the body of work and the, the box checking, I thought what happened against Atlanta was probably 
more important and more relevant than what happened against Tampa Bay or against Buffalo. I agree. And look, I mean, that game, you know, if, 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 if people get, like we said the other day, if people get hurt in this one, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know. And if you don't play your starters uh, enough in this thing and you go into that first game and 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 they're flat or whatnot, the talk's going to be, oh, see, I told you they should have played their starters more and all like that. You know what? Mike Tomlin don't give a flying you know what, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he, he used the word agenda. How many times I think in the, 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 these last two weeks there, Mike Tomlin had an agenda with what he wanted to accomplish with his preseason. He did not care what the other team sent out there, uh, defensively. There were things that this team boxes that this team wanted to check and they, they, they checked them. You know, uh, end of end of story there. So and they and they came out clean uh, uh, on the other side. And, you know, I think that's a uh, an important aspect of this thing uh, all, all, all the way around there. I mean, this 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 team offensively, they got a lot of snaps. You know, I think in totality and once again, some of the things that we we didn't necessarily see as far as, you know, short fields and all like that. We got to see uh, in 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 this finale overall. And man, he had this team, you know, even you get past the starters in this game on both sides of the football. He had this team ready to go in this mm-hmm. game. I mean, from top to bottom. Uh, these guys were fighting for jobs. Yeah, it, it's been a competitive group overall, and it's been a really good group. And I know it is so cliche to talk about the tough cuts and how deep a team is this time of year, but I think Pittsburgh is in that spot. So really happy with you know how ready this team was and obviously their overall production and execution of that readiness. So let's back out for just a moment here. Look, I, 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 I yeah. think I think that I think that they've got not only one potential guy maybe going out the door here in the next few days, there could be there could be two or three trades that this, that that people are calling the Steelers on some of these guys. I think I I think that this team's that deep with that tough of cuts that I'm almost sure there's going to be one guy dealt, but sure. uh, uh, you could see two or three of these guys dealt. And we'll talk about that I'm sure more today and also in Monday show right ahead of that Tuesday cut down deadline, which Mike Tomlin said this team will uh, be patient and basically wait till the last second to make their cuts. At least that's what he's saying publicly but let's do the housekeeping thing here uh, Mike Tomlin saying that all healthy players will play and that was essentially true in this one where you saw some defensive veterans who sat in the opener play in the finale including TJ Watt Patrick Peterson Minka Fitzpatrick played in this game correct I'm not misremembering uh, he, that yeah uh, well I'm trying to I don't know if they or got did he? snap, snap count. I have he, not well, gone he, through he, my, my charting he was not listed as a did not play player. I'm trying to see if they got the snap counts out yet. I don't see them on the game book yet. I'm, I think I remember seeing them out there. Okay. But point is, you saw basically all the healthy guys play. A couple who did not play the most relevant thing includes defense alignment, Cam Hayward, and Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, Tomlin calling Hayward a day-to-day thing, did not specify what the injury is. Ogunjobi still battling that right foot injury. Other players offensively, a couple offensive linemen missing, and Kevin Dotson. We assume that's related to the right shoulder injury he's been battling for about two and a half, three weeks now. Uh, Nate Herbig, unfortunately, could not get back for this game. I'm sure we'll talk about that here more in depth. 
and James Daniels did not play either. Tomlin also calling that day-to-day. And so those are some of the most notable uh, injuries. Tomlin said there were really no in-game injuries. So again, clean bill of health on that aspect. But the trenches were a little bit thinner in this game. Yeah, you had uh, what uh, uh, Kendrick Green start at uh, right guard in this one, and that had me kind of hold my breath a little bit when that when that news uh, came out. But I, you know, I I think I haven't gone through it. I mean, the all twenty two dropped about an hour before we got on this thing. But uh, uh, I I think overall he represented himself okay at guard. Yeah, and it was right guard, and I mean he was a left guard in college. I don't know how many snaps he's ever gotten that over there at right guard, but it, it looked okay. It's always tough to, you know, j- uh, judge the offensive lineman off the all twenty two, especially interior guys. But it didn't seem to be anything that was noticeably poor. Right, and um, I don't, I don't feel like these injuries are, are, are you know, uh, they don't sound serious according to Tomlin. The Ogan Joby one is the one where I have a bit of pause and go, hopefully it's not, hopefully the team is being 100% honest and accurate when they talk about, you know, the the lack of seriousness to the injury. That's something I kind of worry. It's using a boot for a couple of days. It's a foot injury. It's had a history of this kind of stuff. I just really hope this won't be a thing that's lingering as we get close to week one. Right. Me, me as well, too. You would have obviously liked to have seen him out there, uh, uh, you know, uh, any right he didn't play right. any in this right did he play in tampa in, in tampa bay i don't think i don't, I don't think I was he trying did. to think back yeah i know he didn't play against buffalo did not obviously play against atlanta so you know as long as he's good for week one but you know Ogan joby health consistency are the the biggest concerns with him and it's a little ominous given the time that he's missed right and we'll talk about herbig more probably here in a second but let's focus on the guys who did play in this one and Pittsburgh Steelers starting offense, two drives, two touchdowns in this game. As I said, the opening possession going 92 yards, two deep balls for, I believe, 33 and 35 yards to Deontay Johnson, and then later to George Pickens. The latter took Pittsburgh down to the Falcons one. Najee Harris punched it in the next play, had a couple of good runs from Harris and Warren on that drive, a screen pass, I believe, on that drive, maybe the one after from uh, Najee Harris. And so first-team offense looking looking good as they have all summer man i tell you once again uh and you know kenny how many times has kenny said this offseason if if deontay or george are out there one-on-one he's going to give them shots you know especially especially pickens but uh you start off with that uh that that uh that first uh big play to deontay uh, against, you know, what at first looks like is going to be maybe a too high. Uh, you send the short, uh, the short motion there to get kind of a tell. I think he, uh, obviously read it correctly to, to see that that was going to probably be a cover one, uh, situation. You had a, uh, nice split on Deontay on that, on that, uh, other side kind of ran a mesh with a, what a kind kind of a fade in there. Uh, Deontay, a fantastic release off of that. Uh, gave himself plenty of room to work with uh, outside the hash. And you cannot run down there and drop that ball into the bucket any better than Kenny Pickett did on that. So uh, explosive play uh, number one uh, in the books and on a third down in, what was it, five or something mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, uh, on that. So uh, that that's explosive play number one. 
There's a there's a Ben mentality to Kenny Pickett. Third and five, single high, middle of the field close. I'm taking a shot one-on-one on the outside. He loves those opportunities, and he's, he's thrown them a ton. And so it's not new from last year, but I think it's been obviously more effective this summer overall. So, yeah, I mean, as you said, as Kenny Pickett said, he gets single high. He gets guys one-on-one on the outside. He's going to throw it up there. And as you said, the accuracy was was pinpoint. So that's going to be a real weapon, and it's going to dissuade teams from playing single high. Right. Then you uh, you turn around and you see this second big play. Uh, you know, once again, you got, you know, an, an outside, you know, uh, 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 one high type situation with, with, uh, with Pickens there. Uh, and... He gets just enough time uh, on that, you know, Warren pass protecting, I think on, on, on the DB coming on, I think that was that one. Yeah. Uh, cu- coming there and, and Warren gets just enough uh, for, for Kenny to deliver that one down the right side. And I mean, that where he put that ball, you expect George Pickens to come down with that one. And he obviously did. So there, there's explosive play number two, I think 31 air yards on that one. And then kind of the, you know, uh, after he catches, he falls for, I think it was what, 35 uh, total mm-hmm. yards on the play. And there you are in the red zone or low One red of those zone. Where the corner had good coverage, but if George Pickens is covered, that means George Pickens is open. I mean, that's the contested ability that he brings that so few guys do. And generally those type of receivers don't work. They don't last in the NFL. You think about, you know, big jump ball machines in college, Laquan Treadwell, Nikhil Harry, guys like that. They never really panned out. But Pickens is that rare breed that can can win so consistently. And he's just got great ball control and tracking and the physicality. And he just makes it work. It is kind of that D-hop kind of vibe. So he truly is one of those guys that is rarely ever actually covered. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of these throughout the year, uh, you know, outside the hashes like that. Uh, you know, the thing is, 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 and we, we, we fortunately saw some of it during, during the preseason. There's work in the middle of the field as well, too. So, I mean, Kenny... Kenny has now worked all aspects of the field, uh, excuse me, as far as the deep ball goes. And, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to have to, 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 to mix and match and really have teams think about, you know, uh, wh- how, how they're going to cut, you know, what kind of coverages they're, they're going to actually run. Are they going to, you know, uh, be forced into running more too high stuff? And if, if, if they do, uh, then, you know, are you going to be able to run against that? Yeah, you should be able to. And if you can run the ball well, it's going to force teams to roll that safety down as that eighth defender in the box. And that's going to leave a lot of single high for the pass game. Just a, a last note on that pick and catch. And I want to see the all 22 on it, but I like the play design three by one. Deontay backside runs the drag and number three, the innermost slot receiver to the three receiver side, the trip side was Frymuth running this crosser. And that took the safety. He took the crosser. And that left Pickens 1v1. And I got to also shout out Kenny Pickett for the eye movement, holding that safety, moving that safety on both the Deontay and Pickens mm-hmm. catch where he's holding the middle of the field and then comes back, looks left and then looks right for Deontay and, and Pickens respectively. Um, so I think the eye movement, the eye manipulation in those situations is is a really critical component to those completions. Yeah, I just watched the feed on both those. You know, re- re- really did a good job on it. And once again, you know, the, you, we're not, you know, we're not talking about 48 52 yard air yard passes either we're talking about you know 30 to 40 uh yard range air air, air yards here and uh they're 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 right where they need to be so you know you don't have to uncork 161 yards 
you know, for, 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 for a deep, for a deep pass com- completion. In fact, you know, the NFL uh, terms a deep pass, anything over 15 uh, air yards here. And, you know, you got a couple in this game that, 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 that were in the, I think 30 to 40 range. And with that kind of pinpoint accuracy, uh, I don't care if it's uh, 20, 30, 40 yard gains. I mean, uh, explosive plays are explosive plays. Yeah, this team can consistently and often enough get 30 yard completions, then they're going to be just fine offensively. No question about that. Let's talk. Let's talk run game here. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris. I was really happy for Warren, obviously, but also for Najee Harris to get a couple good plays in the summer just to kind of take off some of that tension and some of the controversy, if you can call it that, about Harris versus Warren. And I'm sure that the debate still kind of will continue to to some respect. But I thought Harris ran hard get in the end zone, a, a good outing for him to end the summer that had been pretty quiet intentionally. Pittsburgh, very protective of Najee Harris this year, but a good way to get him some touches. I think that one one uh, one run early, and I put put the uh, end zone view of that already up on my Twitter feed before we got on here, was uh, uh, showed him making a couple of cuts, you know, uh, uh, on one of those uh, inside runs with, with the, the, the two double teams in there. So uh, that run alone, showed me that Najee's healthy. Yeah. Is that on your timeline? I hadn't uh, looked yeah. at it yet. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I see it now. Yeah. And, and I, I got a shout out the whole offense line in particular, very good, but just one guy oh, I'm watching. I'm, I'm, yeah. I was going to say something. I'm watching this Najee run. You're right. They're really good feet there, but yeah, say Malu of all the additions that Pittsburgh has had, and they've had many quality ones and guys that I think should and will help this team. But man, Isaac say Malu, I don't talk about him enough and, and shame on me for that, but I want to bring him to the, the forefront now because this dude is just a stud at left guard. And and Mason Cole's healthy, <laughs> yeah. uh, too. He's had some nice reach and turns uh, throughout this preseason in his limited playing time. So uh, those two side-by-side, and obviously James Daniel. James Daniels has had some uh, uh, some flashes in this. The interior of this line looks, looks uh, really, really good right now. It does, but say Molly with the strength, the anchor, the football IQ, just just such a big upgrade. And I think it's going to be the biggest difference from all their offices and additions. Say Malu probably will have the biggest impact of anybody this team brought in in 2023. Agreed. All right. Anything else? Well, what, uh, what about that? Uh, well, I guess it was after, after the first team there. Is that what you wanted to wrap up with the first team offense? Yeah, wherever you want to take it, feel free wherever you're going. I'm, I'm uh, you. I mean the uh, the the summer of Mc, the mixed summer. I guess we'll call this <laughs> the mixed summer, right? I mean, and we've seen him have good uh, preseasons in the past, but I think uh, Anthony McFarland really punctuated uh, the end of mixed summer 2023 uh, with 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 some of his play last night uh, as, as well. I mean that. Uh, uh, and and Jalen Warren, a nice physical uh, outside zone, you know, run to finish that one down in the end zone. And uh, we saw an Anthony McFarlane kind of kind of power touchdown there with some effort in, in this thing. We saw him also bust one, you know, to to the outside. So uh, good for him. I mean, the as we got deeper into this thing, you you know, the the, the questions still kind of remain. You know, okay, we 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 we've seen him on the offensive side of football. What could he? What can he do on a defensive side of football? And, and it it sure seems like they 
uh, the plan is for him to be be the kick returner, and you know it's not his fault. There was nobody else on the depth chart behind him to really push him, but it it didn't matter uh, because he pushed himself uh, throughout this uh, throughout this summer and preseason uh, specifically. And now at this point, the the only way that he doesn't make the all fifty three is to me a they only keep two two true running backs or B they go outside and, and get somebody that, that maybe, you know, I don't think they're going to find an offensive, a, a guy offensively to offer what Anthony McFarlane offers them as a number three running back. The only way they would go outside is to look to see somebody that maybe has a little bit more special teams value. But I think even on some of these kick returns, he's, he's done enough there. So, uh, at this point, I, I would I would view it a little bit of a surprise if they go outside the organization for a for a number three running back. I would too. I know I wrote about Trey Sermon yesterday as somebody that Pittsburgh loved coming out of Ohio State and offers kind of the more of that traditional number three role. This was an extremely important game for Anthony McFarland. He admitted as much to the media leading up to Thursday's kickoff, and I think he passed the test. Now the kick returns, I mean, he never got a good feel for. Obviously, he's pressing. Even so, probably shouldn't have taken out that opening kickoff that eight, that's eight yards deep, and he's you know with momentum going backwards, and Gunner has no idea the ball's being returned, and Mark Robinson gets a block in the back probably because he doesn't know the ball's being returned and just kind of made a mistake there trying to recover. But you understand why McFarland's trying to do something there. But as a runner, the speed, and, and that touchdown, he ran hard. And I, I talked really about way through camp that he was showing some toughness as a runner. We know he's fast. We know he has speed. That's never been a question. Can you run tough? And obviously, he's not Jalen Warren. He's not Najee Harris. But there was a different element to his game there. So I'm with you. I think he's done enough to to stick. I would be more surprised, you know, than than not if they if they went outside and added somebody. And while I think Connor Hayward could see some running back snaps, he got a bunch of running back carries in this game. I think they're still going to carry three quote unquote true running backs. And I think McFarland will be that third. I, I tell you the only thing that and I think you pointed us out during the game on, on Twitter. What, what, what is the, was the goal here to get Connor Hayward? So many carries throughout this day. I mean, you even said during preseason, I mean, during uh training camp that man, uh, Connor Hayward's going to get some carries this year. Mm-hmm. Is, was this just to kind of punctuate hit? Cause we already know how, you know, he, that guy, did that guy miss a target during the preseason? Connor Hayward Which, in the, in the passing game? Uh, I don't think so. I'd have to go back and, and think, uh, I mean, he, he catches everything thrown his way and it just, it, I guess I was a little bit surprised, even though you, you had, you know, you had, uh, written during uh training camp that, Man, getting him some. I guess I was surprised in this in this finale with with so many backs to to kind of look at that they they made a concerted effort again to to get Connor Hayward uh, the football uh, in the backfield there. Well, here's I think their calculation, and this is nothing. This is no malice to Greg Bell and Darius Hagens and Valaday, but who's going to be on the 53 come week one, Greg Bell or Connor Hayward? It's going to be Connor Hayward. And so get this guy some reps and some different looks while you can right now to, to get him a feel for the backfield. I don't know how many carries he's actually going to get whenever you have full deployment of 
Harrison Warren. I think if Hayward gets some running back snaps, it may come on some third down type stuff. You know, another weapon out of the flat pass protection because of the size that he has more so than, you know, Warren should be the third down back. But if he wanted another option, somebody got hurt. I think that's where Hayward fits. But, you know, he's a guy that's going to be on this roster and those backup running backs are not. And so let's give Hayward some opportunity. And he looked he looked fine running the hey, football. Too, obviously. Yeah, that's his background at Michigan State to begin his career. So it's not anything new to him. Um, so it's just more he can do than more he can help. Uh, the only other thing that's kind of stuck out to me, I guess, throughout this, this preseason and, and, and specifically last night, uh, they made sure to get Darnell Washington more first team snaps, uh, uh, with this unit. And what does that mean for one Zach Gentry? Well, I'll tell you, Darnell Washington's addressing week one. I know that before camp got started, there were some. I think local media, and I understand the the point that they had, but they were wondering, okay, would Washington actually dress week one? He is. He's going to dress week one. I think it's going to be malpractice if he's not out there and does not have a helmet for the 49ers game. Um, now, does that mean Gentry can't make the team? We'll talk about that probably some more. But if Gentry does make the team, he's going to be the fourth tight end and likely in street clothes come week one. I agree. And that one pancake that Washington had. I know the linebacker was kind of reaching for the tackle, reaching to make the tackle, and it's a little easier to pancake him. But still, I mean, you're going to get some really fun reps from Darnell Washington. You are. And he's only going to get better once he kind of understands the speed of it and, 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 and the angles and how to use his size properly. Let's talk offensive line now. And again, the starters overall, I think, did well. Say Malu, Cole. Dan Moore, I thought, you know, looked fine. I mean, Dan Moore is going to be the starting left tackle week one. Do we agree upon that? Yeah, I uh, did give up a, a deep pressure, I think, on that first one to uh, to uh, to Deontay. But, uh, you know, Kenny had just enough time to 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 get rid of that one there. Uh, I do agree uh, that that he's going to be the week one uh, starting left tackle. But within that, you know, at, at, at some point through whatever process, organically or whatever injury, whatever, uh, uh, Broderick Jones is, is, is going to start at left tackle at some point during this season. Yeah. But week one, we think it's going to be more there as the starter. Uh, the second team, I'm trying to remember the whole second team configuration. This, this was obviously kind of a weird game because you're missing so many guys in this one. No Herbig, no Dotson, no Daniels, a lot of interior guys that were out. So a lot of, I mean, I'm sure the snap counts for the O-line, those interior guys, especially was really high because, there weren't a lot of other backup options in this game to to put in you know, third teamers or something like that. So I'm sure McCollum and company played a lot of snaps. Let's talk more about Dylan Cook, who got some left guard work. And then I believe he played some tackle in this game. We've talked about him some as a potential sleeper to make this team. Where are you at on Dylan Cook right now? Yeah, look, I followed uh, your... Uh... Your your lead on 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 your all fifty uh, three man roster that I I released mine just before the game yesterday there and uh, assuming Kevin Dotson's not part of this nine uh, it's a real strong argument I think at this point for 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 Dylan Cook to make this roster uh, and they have played him at guard they have played him at tackle I think he has represented himself. Uh, well, overall, uh, and once again, you've got another guy that's position versatile along with Anderson, who we saw that throughout the preseason. And we saw it again, you know, obviously, uh, last night as well too there. Uh, I think you have, uh, two, 
two guys in Anderson and, and Dylan Cook as eight and nine that uh, you can feel fairly comfortable with here. Yeah, so I'm going to have to really kind of I, I, we'll see how they decide these final low line spots. I still don't know don't know what they're going to do with with Dotson and you know Kendrick Green to his credit seemed to have better play last night. Is that enough to to stick? I I don't think so. But you know how much is that shoulder injury of Herbig bothering him? And who really is your backup center? And is it Nate Herbig who got all nine snaps there inside a stadium this preseason? It, it does get a little murky there. Yeah, uh, the Herbig the her you would have if there was one box that you that mm-hmm. I was hoping at least to get checked. One of the specific things that I wrote about in my five specific things, uh, I was hoping Herbig was going to get on the field so we could see more snaps at center. We we know how he is as a guard. He, you know, we got enough tape, uh, not only uh, with, with with the Steers, but you know previous teams as well too. How he is at, at guard, but uh, you know, is that how serious is that, and does that cause you? You know, to to, but you know, you got you got Anderson a lot of snaps in there. You got Cook snap. I mean, it, it would feed into the idea that you could still get away with not having Dotson. You know, did Anderson play center in this game? I was losing track of where he was aligning. I don't think he did, but I haven't made it all the way back through the all twenty-two, and I wasn't looking for that on the TV tape last night. Okay, how many center snaps did he get this summer inside a stadium? He got some against It was like Buffalo. seven or like, something against Buffalo. Uh, I, I don't think. think he had any against Tampa, right? He didn't play center in that game. Right. Or did he? No, I don't he? I don't I don't think he did. I, I want to say no. I think it was center and left tackle, the two spots he didn't play in the opener. It was he's playing a lot of guard and then some right tackle, I believe, against Tampa Bay. Uh we did see some a little bit of left tackle with him, though, right? Because I, I no, no, because I said I wish he would have played mm-hmm. left tackle so he could have uh, hit for the cycle there. Right. Uh, let me see here. Center five snaps for Anderson. And okay, they I think they do have all these snaps updated now here. So no snaps for Anderson last night at center. Uh, here are his snap totals by position throughout the preseason for one Spencer Anderson. Five, okay. at, five at center, 54 at left guard, 25 at right guard, 25 at right tackle. Okay, so primarily guard, some right tackle, a tiny bit at center, and none at left tackle, which surprised me a bit, but obviously they took a long, 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 long look at Frederick Jones. Right, but I mean, having to get uh, Anderson into a game at left tackle would have to take a lot of thing bad things to happen. Sure. Probably, that's a fair uh, point. Uh, Dylan Cook, uh, twenty six at left guard last night, twenty three at right tackle. Uh, the position for hit for the preseason for him. It and I, I thought he had played. I guess he didn't play any left guard uh, before last night. But here's here's his snap totals: left guard, twenty six in the preseason, four at left tackle. That came in the opener. Uh, right tackle, seventy one snaps at right tackle for him. Okay, he had played left guard the last day at camp. That's probably where you're thinking of that from. And then played some left guard last night. So he's he's primarily a tackle. You know, guards new to him, but. More you can do and, and to, to test that out is certainly a good thing. So 
to go back to the center conversation, your backup options are Nate Herbig, who's played, I think, nine snaps at center this preseason, and Spencer Anderson, who's played five snaps at center this preseason and is, of course, a rookie. And then you have Kendrick Green, who has played a lot of snaps at center, and the quality of those snaps has been, you know, poor. So very interesting to see what Pittsburgh does. I'm still leaning towards Herbig likely being the guy as the backup center, but obviously an outsider would not you know, put my jaw to the floor. Right. I, I, I Depending, as, and especially because of Herbig, two things with Herbig, the shoulder injury and the in, the overall inexperience uh, at, at, at center are, are the two things that can make you go outside and look for another center. But is that guy, that that guy, if you go outside, would have to be ha- have a lot of center experience, a la kind of the the Jimmy Morrissey that that, mm-hmm. that that you've been talking about there. So the list, I would think, is 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 pretty small overall. And for what it's worth, when Mike Tomlin spoke with Bob Labriola in an article that's always posted on Game Day in the morning, Tomlin said he's very comfortable with the center options, naming I believe Herbig and and Green and Anderson as those candidates. Yeah, McCollum obviously played a lot of center throughout the preseason, but mm-hmm. we don't, you know. Uh, it doesn't seem like a legitimate option for him. Yeah, practice squad, maybe. He'd probably right. stick on the practice squad, but not 53. So any other thoughts here on the offensive line? Broderick Jones, I was trying to watch him. It it looked, it looked good. I mean, I, it, it's hard for me to tell offensive linemen without going to the all 22. But, you know, obviously against some of those backups for Atlanta, um, it, it looked fine. Kevin Dotson played 45 snaps during the preseason, 38 of them at left guard, seven of them at right guard. And what happens to Kevin Dotson? Where is Kevin Dotson on August 31st or August 30th, Dave? I still don't. I think he's gone, man. I I, I think this team's going to trade away two or three guys, I think. If he couldn't be traded, hypothetically, do you keep him or do you just cut him? I think it's hard to cut him, especially with the Herbeg yeah. injury. If if you couldn't trade him, if you're worried about if you're worried, and especially if you if you if there's nobody coming in, you know, like center or something like that, that's guard capable. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on top of it, and if 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 you're worried about Herbig's shoulder, then you do probably keep him then. Because look, you can all you can get healthy as the year goes by, and and there's still the trade deadline, right? Right. Well, the question is, if you're worried about Herbig's shoulder. Do you want to trade Dotson at all? Do you even want to offer him as, as available? Yeah, once again, I, I think some of these upcoming decisions uh, uh, are going to be based on Herbig's health. Right, and that's obviously, it seemed minor when it happened. I mean, he was out there taking kind of some phantom reps at left guard and snapping late in camp after that in, initial injury. So uh, this is why I hate the stupid Thursday game because it's, it's such a short turnaround and you just wonder, do they sit a guy because there just isn't enough time or because he's seriously that hurt or Whatever the case is, it's just, it's hard to know. Right. I, I agree. Any other thoughts here for this offense? Obviously, once the starters came out and second half offense was really lackluster, not that you can criticize probably Mason Rudolph too much for the pieces he was working with, but it was unproductive. Same with Tanner Morgan. Um, you know, obviously the the points dried up there pretty quickly. Uh, you know, as far as second teamers and all go on offense, I, I, I thought Gunner overall had a, had a pretty decent game. You know, uh, he's if you're keeping six, he's going to be the sixth, right? Oh, yeah, he is. The question is, will they keep six? Right. And that I'm still it may be one of the biggest decisions you and I will be wrestling with with our final 
53 man predictions. They do like Gunner though. And, and I think Kenny likes Gunner. And you know, what does that matter? What does that mean? We'll have to wait and see. And if you do keep him, then he's probably going to be inactive like Steven Sims was in week one last year. But if you do keep six, you're going to have to cut from, from probably another offensive uh, position group. And the only way I can view that happening would be at the tight end position. And that would be Mr. Zach Gentry. Right. So that's something Anna, that you've mentioned. Um, yeah, that, that's that's possible. It may be that may be the calculation there. And Gunner uh, was on that op- uh was on a couple of special teams units early. I and I don't know how much to read into that. So Okay. That's notable. I'll have to go back and check the tape. Was he on like kick coverage? He wasn't was he punt coverage? You know I, I can't on? remember. I remember he, I just remember seeing him a couple of times on I I don't I didn't note it. I think he was the up man on the on the kick return, the opener that McFarland took out. I'm pretty sure that was Gunner, uh, unaware that McFarland was going to, you know, run that one out. So let me see um, if I can effort that real quick on special teams for him, real quick. Uh, last night, uh, kick return one snap. Uh, nothing, nothing on kick coverage. He was on kick return for one snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, punt return for one snap. Yeah, that was him as the punt right. returner, I assume. So pretty limited, I guess. But but obviously, you know, it's, there is some versatility there uh, with Gunnar Olszewski. He had seven special team snaps in the uh, uh, second preseason game. Okay. Yeah, maybe he plays some coverage. He was a DB in college. He can tackle. I'm sure he's a hair on fire type of dude. Rodney Williams, how about him? I think you noticed him as well. Kick coverage tackle. He's got two of those this preseason, one against Buffalo, one against Atlanta. This tight end room, Dave, is super deep, and I think Williams should stick on the practice squad. And then Des Fitz, Fitzpatrick's had yeah. a nice special teams uh, offering uh, throughout this thing. He could be a practice squad guy. Right, especially with Cody White and Hakeem Butler's injuries. I think at this point, Fitzpatrick has done all he can do to be on the practice squad, and I know that you can never assume a guy will make it. Tyler Vaughn's we all thought was a lock for the practice squad last year. Didn't happen, but I think Fitzpatrick's showing more special teams value. And I think he's, I'd be very surprised if he did not stick. All right. That wrapped the offense. All right. Go over to the defense and they were dominant against Atlanta's backups. And I was really hoping they would have played their starters to see Bijan Robinson and a bit of Desmond Ritter, but uh, still, you know, TJ Watt, unblockable, which is just uh, so much fun to watch. Um, what are your other impressions here with the first team defense, Dave? Uh, boy, those linebackers were flying around, weren't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, it's fun uh, to watch Roberts and Alexander. Boy, you go back and you think about uh, the last couple of years with this team. <laughs> uh, Landon Roberts, uh, I mean, a- as advertised, uh, downhill uh, and can get there in a hurry. Uh, some uh, some impressive play, impressive hitting by him. I thought we saw some even more things from Quan Alexander. Cole Holcomb, I, I thought, played okay. Uh, Tanner Muse, I think, pop uh, put together a couple of decent uh, uh, final two preseason games here overall. Uh, and and that's the linebackers. Uh, safety, I, didn't, I haven't really paid. I wasn't able to pay too much attention uh, to the, to the safeties last night. Outside linebackers, I mean, uh, what else do you want Herbig to do at this point? I mean, he's got a chance, depending on what happens the rest these rest of these preseason games, to lead the preseason. He, he's currently the leader in sacks uh, for the 2023 preseason for the entire NFL. 
for the entire NFL. Oh man, that's why I didn't know that. Uh, let me read them off here. Uh, I mean, I granted, to... he is playing probably his game before some of the other guys play their third, but still. Right. Uh, where is the leaders? Hold on here. Uh, uh, He's uh, got what, three and a half. He's got uh, leaders, defense, uh, NFL. Uh, sort by sacks real quick. Three and a half sacks for him. Nine combined tackles. Uh, and he leads the NFL going into a couple of these. Other. Didn't Indy play last night or has Indy played their third game? I don't even remember at this point, to be honest. I want to say, I want to say yes. I saw some Richardson highlights. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, but I don't know for sure. Uh, because Khalid, uh, Kareem with, with the Colts had, has three sacks. Caleb Murphy with Tennessee has three sacks. Nico Lalo, Lalos with New Orleans has three sacks. Terrell Lewis with Chicago has. So, I mean, he could be overtaken, obviously, mm-hmm. but, uh, right. I mean, look. <laughs> He's he's had a great preseason. There, there's no two ways about that sack early. You know that 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 uh, or in in I think the sec or beginning of the third or beginning of the second half there, uh, a tackle kind of uh, was trying to cheat him a little bit, worried about the edge, mm-hmm. and he just uh, he just inside swam him. At first, I thought it was a two handed swipe, uh, but looking at, at at the end zone angle on it, he just I mean it was just a great step. Uh, back to the inside, arm over and a free run at the uh, at the quarterback at that point. And then to play immediately after that, got a pressure and I think forced uh, the, the, the quarterback, I think, to, to scramble on that one. And then there was another instance in this game where I thought uh, it looked like there was two Nick Herbigs on the field. Uh, he chases the ball extremely well. I mean, just a, a little ball of en- energy is what this kid is. Mm-hmm. And we have seen him... I don't think I've ever seen a young pass rusher, especially a mid-round guy, uh, progress the way he has done with his uh, counters and his, his his repertoire and all like that, uh, as this kid is. So uh, once again, uh, big big shout out to him because he's he's answering all the questions. I think at this point he's just rubbing it in on on you and I for how uh, how wrong we were thinking he was going to be an off-ball type of guy so I'll, I'll gladly eat the crow on that one but it's been a great summer for him and you're right Dave his his pass rush arsenal pass rush arsenal is so deep for how young he is i mean this guy's got a million different moves and he's so effective at all of them it's not like there's any moves that he uses that are, are really bad he can win with everything and as you said tackle sit on speed the athleticism the outside kind of speed ghost rush he's going to win inside with head fakes and spins and swipes and swims and it's just it's a really deep repertoire and you made the point a couple weeks ago and i laugh every time that i see it that brian baldinger the first thing he does when he wakes up is turns on the nick Uh herbig tape he loves this guy and he shows some great clips of the effort too it's not just him as a pass rusher but running to the football making plays staying on his feet, wanting to compete and just being around the ball. And if you're a guy that's around the ball, you're going to be a good player and her big shaping up to be that way. And, and, and Marcus golden too, with the great bull rush. I mean, he's been throwing tackles out of the club the last two weeks. When was the last time Pittsburgh's edge group was this deep? I don't know when it was. It's it's been a while. I mean, obviously in, in past years they've had a top three that's been yeah. pretty impressive. But man, when you look back at the last couple of seasons, we've been talking about the uh uh Tuscus and the uh Jameer oh, Jones yeah. and Taco the Malik Reeds and the Chalk Taco Charltons. And I mean, when you talk about oh, and 
uh, you're going watch watch Herbig on special teams. Uh, in, yeah. uh, once you pull the reel on this one, okay. uh, uh, this guy is going and look, if there's one thing that we thought that we knew about, mm-hmm. uh, Herbig coming once he was drafted is this at, at regardless of where he plays on a defensive side of football, he's going to be a, you know, a, a specialty. He, he is going to have double, I'm going to, I'm going to say this right. He's going to have double digit Ooh. tackles combined double digit combined tackles on special teams in 2023. Well, now I need a cold shower. I love it. Uh, he can, he can get down there in a hurry. He, I, the only thing I think that he needs to work on, uh, as far as special team stuff is just breaking down a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when, when he, when he gets set to make a tackle. Yeah. And blocking. So probably on some of those frontline kick return blocking units. And they probably need some work there because that's pretty new to him. I'm guessing. Uh, and once again, yeah, uh, don't forget about Marcus Golden over there. Uh, he gets overshadowed because of uh, uh, obviously what what Herbig is. If there's any validation whatsoever when it comes to Herbig, uh, it's the fact that even Brian Baldinger said he's doing things that I didn't see him do in Wisconsin. You know, right. Uh, right. I mean, that's just a testament to his growth uh, and, and, and development uh, and so like, far. This is where he's at now. Before he's even played a game that counts, where's he going to be when he makes that second year jump in 2024? That's the really interesting part. Hey, you expect him to get a little bigger, a little stronger, right? Sure. And just refine this game all the more and understand the game more. And he already understands it pretty well, it looks like. So really excited for that future there. Yeah, just keep those four guys healthy now and you can have some you can definitely have some fun with that Uh, defensive line. You got anything else on 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 linebackers? No, stuck out. just as you said, the intensity, the energy that Alexander, that, that Roberts plays with, it was one driver. It was it was the Landon Roberts drive with the sack and the tackle. And they get a play on third now. I mean, it was just all him. So that should be a really good rotation of Holcomb, Alexander, and Roberts. Uh, okay, defensive line. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. I, I have seen the light. <laughs> I, I, I have seen the light. Uh yeah, I don't, I don't, I have, my gut has been telling me all off season that, that Montrevious Adams, you know, might, might be an odd man out, but I, I saw enough of him last night and, and based off of, uh, you got a young guy in Benton. Uh, I don't think Fajoko's really, when you, when you look back and, and weren't we, uh, calling Fajoko kind of a potential Kevin Barlow, uh, type situation, when, what when was Fahoko signed? What was the date on that? Uh, it was a bit later. I don't know. It wasn't into. You know, it was before uh, OTAs, I believe, and all of that. But it was you know third wave April uh, April fourth. Uh, he got signed. Okay. Uh and that was obviously before the draft, right? So yes. it makes sense to go out there and add some of these guys that they added in Watts and. Fahoko because you you're not guaranteed anything come come draft time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that allowed them to do was to be open to taking someone that they really liked in Keanu Benton if he was there. But if you didn't get a guy like Keanu Benton in this draft, at least you set yourself up for 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 other than that. So uh, I think I've been reading a little bit. I've been trying to read a little bit too much into this, 
But at this point, and and specifically last night, I thought Adam, uh, I thought Montrevious represented himself uh, fairly well, especially compared to to some of those other guys there. So uh, uh, I, you know, you can you can baptize me now uh, <laughs> uh, for for I, I think Montrevious Adams makes his fifty three. Yeah, as a guy that's run first team and had a good camp. Although I wrote the article today, and it's just kind of more that think piece that I think Omar Khan has to try to trade one of these guys. Because if you know you're going to lose one of these players that that's talented and, and worthy of making the 53, you're going to think eight guys that legitimately could make this team with seven spots, max being kept. Yeah, I think Adams would actually be the guy that would have the most trade value. He's played a lot of football. He's still pretty young. Contract's relatively cheap. And you know, if you wanted to go with Benton and Pahoko as your nose tackles and Watts kind of emergency third string, now you could probably could probably do that. But you know, if they do, if they assuming they don't actually do that and they, they don't trade Adams, then the the question I, I would ask you then, okay, are you keeping Fahoko or are you cutting Fahoko? No, I I I came to the determination that it was that it's an either or. Uh, okay. b- b- between those, I think, because I, th- I think Watts versatility overall uh, makes him an asset there. Uh, and but they look, like Fahoko. I, Tomlin likes Fahoko. I know, but I mean, even if you even if you cut him, I mean, is, he, is another team going to clamor to have him on the fifty three? Or, or is Fahoko more of a practice squad guy? You know, I think someone's going to find use for him especially when an injury strikes as a backup nose. I mean, he's definitely a one-note guy. He's here to stop the run, and that's right. it. But he stops the run well, and I think Pittsburgh values that. How many snaps, by the way, did Fahoko play during? And it was good for Benton to get back on the field defensively. I don't yes. know what the snap count was, but he did play defensively, and and that was good to see. And he might not have still – he he still might not be 100%. Sure. You know? uh, yeah, Fahoko, let's see – 40, just 46 defensive snaps uh, throughout the preseason. Obviously, most of them in between the in between the uh, in between the B gap. All but two, two of them, I think, uh, from B gap to B gap. He had two snaps at right end. Okay, yeah, I mean, 46 still a healthy number for a guy that's kind of a base nose tackle. Well, they did try some sub package nickel stuff with him. Not his calling card, but they they had some an, an attempt was made there. So I don't know. I'm still wrestling with it. Um, so it sounds like you're keeping two nose tackles. Adams and Benton, and you you may keep both defensive ends in terms of Watts and Loudermilk. Yeah, if they keep seven, okay. yeah. Okay, I thought Loudermilk with, just with Loudermilk you know, being inactive. Okay, I thought it just first glance Loudermilk looked good against the run last night. Just watching it live, just a couple clips that I that stuck out to me. So I go through, got to go through the tape on that one. But um, thought Loudermilk's run defense was good. You know, if you intended on keep keeping Braden Fajoko and making a make you know making a serious charge, you know for him. Uh, and, and assuming he's he was healthy through all three games, which which obviously it looked like he was, aren't you going to try to put him on the field more than forty six snaps? I mean, he only played thirteen last night. Yeah, but he's a base. You know, if, if Atlanta's out in eleven personnel, then you kind of you're a nickel yeah. and you're not playing for Hoko. Though I think forty six snaps across three games is is pretty solid. Okay, number. all right, all right. I it, I I I still going to flip though. I'm going to flip, yeah. flip flip to Adams. I, I don't I know fought it too 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 long. No, I understand. I mean, listen, I've, I've been vouching for for Adams, and so I understand. You know that I don't, I don't want to fight you too much on that. But let's move on here to defensive backs and cornerbacks. And I don't have a ton of notes here overall. Oh, we got uh, forgot to shout out Mark Robinson for the. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, a couple of nice plays, I think, uh, in in this game last night, and obviously, you know, down in 
down down in the Steelers end of the field, you know, getting low and him and Joe. I'll have to go back and look at that a little bit closer, see how much. I mean, Joey Porter was obviously uh, in 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 on the play, but I, I think it was Robinson's hit that dislodged that. Yeah, I think just logically, who was the guy that made the play? It was probably uh, the, the flying linebacker who came downhill. Can Pittsburgh and should Pittsburgh find ways to get Robinson on the field this season? Even if it's a small sampling and limited number of snaps, should that be something Pittsburgh attempts? Look, I I, I could see uh, putting them in there. Definitely uh, low red zone. Okay. Or, or yeah, in, I think they... Yo, uh, yo, he he goes downhill good and he hits good and uh uh, uh and and all like that so I, I think yeah i think you can i mean obviously it's not going to be a lot but i think you can get him on the field especially in run situations yeah i think pittsburgh should do what they did late last year with him some of those 3 5 when you had five linebackers on the field he took off a safety or took off a, i think a corner i forget maybe maybe you could mix and match there against 13 personnel so three tight end sets with just one wide receiver on the field and it's not going to be a lot of snaps but you know i think there's going to be an opportunity i i just don't want this guy to just run down kicks and punts all year long i know it's going to be a tough path i know the top three are the top three and holcomb and alexander and roberts but mark robinson has progressed and he deserves some playing time yeah uh and look i mean you you don't want to get any into any situations where, where you have to put tanner muse on the field but i i thought he's kind of represented himself well in these last two preseason games mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's taken that spot over Nick Witowski, who came back and played last night from that shoulder injury. But I just think he's the guy that got hurt and Muse played well. And that's all she wrote. Okay. All right. Defensive back here. I don't have a ton of notes. I mean, Atlanta, you know, there was, they obviously were shut out. The passing game was pretty crappy overall. Um, Heck, you know what? I should go back to Tassel linebacker just just really quickly. Shout out to uh, Quincy Roche and even Toby and Duque. Mm. A sack on the final play of the preseason. Good exclamation point for him. Paralysis uh, too. Paralysis had his yeah. best preseason game. Oh yeah, it was game. a great movie. Yeah. All those outside linebackers kind of popped at the end. They all knew it was the the last preseason game. They better make a play. And yeah, credit to those guys. But to uh to go back to the defensive back, um yeah, I, I keep repeating myself. James Pierre just frustrates me, Dave. And it's just little things. I mean, it's not anything where he got you know toasted and allowed a forty yard play or a touchdown last night. I just it's just some of the little things like. Not touching the guy right away when he goes on the ground, and kind of waiting a second, and you know, not finding the football, having trouble getting his head around, and you know, first tackler in trying to punch the ball out, doesn't really wrap up, and allows some yards after contact. I'm not saying he's going to be cut, but I, I'm not going to be shocked if he's cut. To be honest with you, he may be a guy that makes the, the roster initially, and then the day after they add somebody. I'm not going to rule that out. All right, so I mean, we we've said all along. The, the the value with James Pierre's special teams specifically at Gunner, right? Right, which he's good at to his credit. Right now, if you if if that wasn't enough for him to make the fifty three, then who else are you? Is there somebody else that within kind of both of ours our, our perception of what the fifty three would look like that would be the Gunner? Or is there somebody just outside the bubble that like a six wide receiver, say like uh Dez or something? Did how much uh Gunner did Dez play? I mean, he was working there in the second half against Buffalo and against Atlanta. I mean, they didn't punt a lot. I mean, they punted a lot in the second half, so that actually I re- I retract that statement, but I mean you probably got a you got a couple reps there. 
I guess what I'm asking is, could Des Fitzpatrick be your sixth wide receiver instead of a gunner? Well, I mean, you still mm-hmm. are you going to dress all six? Yeah, right? you're not going to dress Fitzpatrick though. Right. So, all right. So let's go back to go back to the question then with 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 with, with James Pierre. If he if he does not make this 53, you know, pri- with it primarily being as a gunner, who else would be that gunner? Well, you got two options, I think, and there is no clean answer there. A, Joey Porter Jr., I wouldn't rule that out. Size and length, and, you know, I think he can, he's got the speed to run down kicks. Or, obviously, you're you're replacing James Pierre with somebody. You're not just taking him off and not replacing with another fourth outside corner. So whoever gets replaced, whoever takes Pierre's place, will become likely the gunner. Right. I, I'm not saying it has to be one for one positionally. Right. But I'm just saying in terms of who's going to replace him, it may be the guy that, you know, you, let's say you release James Pierre to go add cornerback X. He may become the actual gunner then. Okay. I, I mean, I, it just, and, and he may stay. I mean, I, and I think he will likely be on my initial. Could, could uh, if he doesn't make it, are you still in a, uh, where you're thinking that you're going to keep six true corners? Yes, because you need a fourth outside corner. And I think Sullivan and Riley have played well enough to stick. And so I think they're going to keep six corners and four safeties. Okay, so who? obviously James Pierre is a corner. So who 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 would be that uh, sixth corner then? Well, I, I'm saying they're going to replace him with an outsider that I, I don't have a name of him. They go oh, sign. Outside, outside the organization. Oh, yes. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Some outsider waiver wire claim, something like that would, would be the replacement. Yes. All right, but and and that guy not necessarily have to be a gunner. It would help. It would make the math a little bit easier. But you know, I think I think you could have Porter do it as well for, for early in his career. Okay. I, I I just my my overall point on Pierre is that I think he is who he is defensively. Yeah. Yeah, I think the kind of just in training camp, the coach is kind of getting on him for you know, lack of technique and hand use and punch and. Um, obviously, the job is to coach. He's not the only one who gets you know coached to, but at this point in his career, he should be more than what he is. I think he is who he is, and he is one snap away from seeing serious defensive reps, and I just don't know if they really trust this guy. All right. At safety, it was good that Norwood played. It was a lot of late action, second-half action, uh, probably too little too late for him. Kenny Robinson was okay. I think he's kind of fizzled out a bit at the end in terms of making that push for the 53. Trenton Thompson loves to hit, that's for sure. He throws his body around uh, pretty good. I think he's practice squad material. Any thoughts here on, on safety play? Yeah, I, ha- I haven't had enough time to kind of focus on that from from, from last night's game there overall. But uh, what Trey, uh, part of that third third team, got in a lot later than guys like uh, Trenton Thompson? Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. And so I know he was coming back from an, in- 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 an injury, but I think the writing on the wall is uh, there for him. Does he make it to the – I mean, he – probably passes through waivers, but does he go in the practice squad? Does he go somewhere else? We'll have to wait and see. I, I think he probably passed through waivers and you could get him to the practice squad. Yeah. Just wonder, does he want to go somewhere else? Cause it's going to be hard to get some safety reps. I think in Pittsburgh right now. All right. All right. Special teams. Uh, yeah. Presley Harvin, you know, what, what, what was the stat that you had? Six punts, six inside the 20 in the preseason. Yes. That's uh that's pretty good. <laughs> I would venture a guess and say that. Right. The only thing that we didn't get to see was another specific thing that I was hoping to see was him backed up in his own end zone, uh, uh, trying to punt like that. But uh, not, not uh, definitely not his fault. I, I think he secured a job. But I'll say this: uh, uh, Braden Mann put up a fight last night. 
Yeah, he punted well in the second half and got a lot of action. And I my think he, our, I, I, yeah, I, go, I, you know where I'm going here. I, I know. I'm letting I, you go. I start. I I did start to think last night. Well, is there a team out there that could uh, that could use a punter? And might might you get a seventh round pick for Braden Mann here in these final hours? You can't rule it out. I mean, they did it with Brad Wing a couple years ago. It's not uncommon to see punters get moved around this time of year. I mean, he's a guy that's got NFL experience, was with the Jets, you know, top prospect coming out of Texas A&M. I'm not going to say you're crazy to, to think that. All right. Uh, that, that thought crossed my mind uh, with a couple of those Braden man punts last night. Yeah, it was doesn't hurt his case. That's for sure. And if you're Omar Khan, work the phones. Worst teams can do is say no, but I'm not sure who needs a punter. I'm guessing somebody does out there and maybe they want to take a Braden man. All right. What's his contract? I assume it's cheap. Yeah, that's a minimum. That's a minimal value deal. Okay, good deal. Uh, let's see, Calvin Austin, couple decent punt returns. He should be the team's punt returner. Like I said, McFarland pressing, trying to run out that kick. I understand why he did it. Maybe that's one where you do want to take a knee on that. But again, I understand the mentality and trying to get a look for for him and for this return unit. Uh, BT Potter uh, missed a, a field goal at the end there, wide left, but that's not impacting much of anything from a roster construction standpoint. Any other special team thoughts, Dave? Uh, none, none pre all 22. Okay. And Rodney Williams, as we mentioned, making a tackle, which was good for him. And I think he sticks around as a uh, practice squatter. Let's look real quick at, uh, uh, preseason total special teams tackles for this team real, mm. real quick here. Uh, Kenny Robinson had two total. Elijah Riley had four total. Two, two, two main, two assist. Uh, Hot Rod Williams had three total tackles and a forced fumble. Des Fitzpatrick had two and a fumble re- uh, recovery. Uh, and then you had uh, Jalen Elliott one, Nick Herbig one, Roche one, Harper one. Chappelle Russell won, Hakeem Butler won, and obviously Russell and Butler are on IR. So that's, uh, and then as far as assists go, Mark Robinson had an assist and Tanner Muse had an assist. So uh, that's your special teams tackle breakdown for the preseason. Do you have snap counts? Do you have who led in, I'm guessing Tanner Muse led in special teams snaps, but I just want to know maybe the top three or five names. From that unit, this whole preseason. Uh, I don't Is that know if too I too tough can, to to get. Yeah, it might be okay. too tough to get. Maybe for a Monday show. Right. Remind me to have that ready for 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 the Monday show. Okay. All right, Dave. Good good preseason overall. I'm happy. They're healthy. They good look preseason. Good. Great, preseason. Great preseason. Perfect preseason. I should uh, yeah. accurately reflect my my article I wrote this morning. So. You know, what does that what does this what does this mean for week one? To kind of go back to the question I posed at the start of the show, what does it mean? What does it mean for week one against the 49ers? I you know, you you hate look, I, I try to stay very even keel and balanced through this thing. I learned a lot from you during uh during your training camp reports and all like that. And then I finally get to get my eyes on things once the preseason uh comes around and all like that. And even so I try to stay very, very measured throughout this thing. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this team now, uh, seeing what I've seen now, obviously it is preseason. We've seen t- not necessarily Steelers teams in the past, but other teams just, you know, wreck it and have very good preseasons and have all this hype, uh, going in. But look, I, you know, it, 
it, it, a for you to have a successful Steelers season this year, it's going to have to uh, have have good defensive play, and then uh, be be counterbalanced on the other side with a nice running game and 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 above average quarterback play. And I think we saw above average uh, quarterback play, and then some out of Kenny Pickett this year. I think uh, as far as the running game concerned, from from you know with with with, with the starters and the offensive line, I think you saw what you had to see there. Uh, defensively, the pieces that they they have on in this defense seem to have gelled okay. Uh, I mean, uh, really, really nicely. They're healthy on side of that football. I think you know, going into this offseason, you were worried about what this inside linebacker. I mean, long story short, I mean, it's it's. Look, I was already over the eight and a half wins. I I, I don't see how. I don't see how anybody could play the under on eight and a half wins for this sure. team uh, right now. Uh, now where, where it goes from there, you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, I was definitely at the nine and a half mark. I think uh, as far as wins, yeah, I'm beginning to wonder if this team can't win 12 or 11 games now. Ooh, okay. Uh, I like it. At, at this point, I mean, it, it's hard to separate, what you've seen from a preseason, you know, and, and then extrapolate that. And then look, you, you got to take into account who they play and you know, yeah, they've got some tough teams, but there's a lot of winnable ball games throughout the schedule. Uh, I, I, I think for this team, uh, definitely, I think an, uh, uh, an easier schedule than, than it was last year. And, and once again, this team won nine, nine games last year. <laughs> You know, and they were a mess yeah. for most of that year, right? So you can't tell me unless just getting annihilated by injuries. I mean, you can't to come out and say that this team's going to be. And I'm, I'm not going to throw out my prediction any yet. I got a, a lot of time still to stew about it here, but I mean, I, I don't think I don't see how anybody in their right mind, based on what they've seen so far, can say, "Yeah, this is just going to be a nine and seven team again." I mean, I, I, they've they've got to be better than that. Uh, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I'm pretty giddy coming out of the preseason, and that's that's rare for me. Yeah, L- let me ask you this: Where are you most confident at with this team heading into Week One, and where are you the least confident at with this team heading into Week One? And yeah, it could be a position group; it could be whatever you want it to be. But man, where do you- man ed- edge rusher. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see how that can't be kind of ed- edge rusher and interior offensive line Ooh. play. That, those uh, are, those are our greatest hits. Those are kind of our, our meat and potatoes over here. Right. I don't think that you can come out of this preseason and say, yeah, that, uh, those, those groups look good. And then just offensive line in general, they're a deeper unit, uh, a better unit, uh, than they were. Uh, and then from there, I think you step into the development, uh, of, of, of Kenny Pickett's just been outstanding. Uh, and then from there, I think you look at, you know, the inside line, what they've been able to do with this inside linebacker room. Uh, I mean, there, there are so many layers to this onion to answer this question, because I mean, you bring in, uh, uh, two safeties in, uh, well, I mean, obviously Casey's a, a, a carryover, but now you have, uh, uh, Keanu Neal, who's played with Casey in the past. Uh, I mean, you've got your top three safeties. You can have a lot of fun with that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, with this team, if those guys stay healthy, uh, your slot, 
you probably feel better. You, oh, no, you do feel better about the slot cornerback position as a whole than probably you did in in March, April, right? Yeah, it's not going to be an extreme strength. It's not going to be the Mike Hilton level of, of great, great play, but you do feel better about the group, absolutely. I mean, and, and here here we are talking about well, what do you what do you feel best about, and then you can tear this thing easily because there are so many things. I think what I would answer to that question most confident, least confident, most confident two things. One, basically to to bounce off your point, pass rush. The pass rush is going to be just amazing this year. They should be a fifty sack you know, plus team. That's who they're going to get after it. They got great depth. Defensive line, you had Benton, you had Herbig, Golden, just really, really good. I'm also confident this offense is passed through growing pains. That does not mean they're going to be a top eight offense, but they should be at least an average offense from a points per game standpoint. I think they can be fairly comfortably above average in, in points per game. This offense is past all just the crap they went through a year ago. I'm very confident in that. Where I'm least confident, and it's hard to pick a place because it's been a really good summer, but secondary, just how how strong, how top heavy is the secondary? I still have some reservations about Patrick Peterson, his age, his speed on the outside. I do like Levi Wallace, but I understand he's not a number one corner. Porter's had a good summer, but still a rookie, still having to work off man and zone coverage and some things to work on. Slot corner, I feel better about. Don't feel amazing about either. So it's uh, it, you know, it's not that I'm losing sleep over it, but if you had to pick a spot, I, I still say secondary is the place where you're still not quite sure how that unit's going to look. I'll say this. This is a this is going to be a well-put-together 53. It should be a healthy 53. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when, when you look at health, how, how, many, how many seasons in a row have we gone where there's had to, ha, ha, has had to have had, boy, say that. Yeah, you, you, you stuck the landing, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, say that when you're, when, when you don't have Harley and Lincoln college in you, uh, uh, now, now I lost my train of thought there. The, the health uh, oh, of this oh, team. Uh, yeah. The health of this team where there had, had to, hasn't oh. had to have, see, you do it, you do it, do it too many times. You mess yeah. up, yeah. uh, has, have had to have been, uh, roster manipulation for the IR, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, for a guy to qualify for designated to return, he has to be on the initial 53, right? You know, yeah, like Calvin Austin last year, Zach Banner, I believe the year before, you know, so it doesn't look like there's going to have to be any of that ring around the Rosie there. As far as we know, unless something is really sinister going on with Ogunjobi or Herbig, which does not seem to be the case, then yeah, it's going to be a straight 53 in the sense of no keeping a guy for a day to put him on IR to return. Right. So, I mean, that alone uh, in and of itself is uh, a monument, mon- monumental thing, I think. And it just plays back into at the top of the show. Could you have scripted this offseason to go any better than it has? No, you, you literally, if you gave me pen and paper on July 20th and said, write down your ideal Steelers preseason, I could have not written it out better. And if I had, you would have said, Alex, you're a lunatic. Get out of here. All right. All right. Uh, where where are you least confident though? To go back to that, I didn't get your your least confident moment or portion of this team. I kind of wonder about the depth on this defensive line. Okay, I'm with you. That's fair. I, I mean, I but I think it's a it, there is a lot of depth, you know. But if you lost, you know, God forbid, you lose a Cam Hayward, how do you replace him? There's right. nobody to, to to really replace him in in that sense. 
you know, uh, Liao's all, I mean, Liao's very athletic, but yeah. can, can he be that guy, you know? I got reservations with Liao as a pass rusher. When, when I say this D-line is deep and competitive, I, I, I do truly believe that. I say that from the sense of there are guys who are worth being on the 53. Now, or can they be starters? And what is their their ceiling is a different type of question. But when I say the, the competitiveness, I say that, you know, guys that have played well enough to make the team and be carried. And and that's kind of the maybe a bit more narrow scope in which I, I talk about the depth of the D-line. I think Loudemilk has a very low ceiling. Liao's still unrefined. You know, Watts is, is fine. Fajoko is a very niche type player. So I just want to be very clear and specific when I talk about the depth of this, of this defensive line. And even, you know, Montrevious Adams, I think he's done enough, you know, obviously to make this 53. But, I mean, he's he's hit his ceiling. Yeah, he's not a high level. Like the high level dudes along the D-line or the potentially high level dudes are Cam Benton in terms of what a ceiling can be and when healthy Joby, like those are your three really kind of like studs everybody else is a bit more role and niche and you're not going to have them play 800 snaps in a season you know can't, can't, they need Joby to be 2021 Joby. if they do look out and if everybody else stays healthy I mean look out you know and he, he's got to be ha- healthy man what happens if he's not you know that's a fair question. Yeah, they're going to need more from a Liao. Liao's going to have to really step up as a pass rusher. But the good news is there's a lot of pass rush source, uh, pass rush sources elsewhere from Hayward and from Benton and from this just embarrassment of riches at outside linebacker. And, you know, going back to what, you know, uh, uh, and we're going to run long, but Terrell Austin saying that, you know, there, there's going to be, you know, uh, some tough cuts on the defensive line, you know, some guys that can play in the NFL, that statement alone, can we read into that, that Ogan Joby's healthy, you know? I hope so. I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, he looked okay whenever I saw him, whenever, because I saw him the day that he got hurt and he walked around fine, but you're in a boot. You haven't played all preseason. You know, the reps that are missed, you know, we talked about last year, oh, that, you know, Ogunjobi kind of had a tough year because, you know, he was hurt and he missed time in the summer and they were very careful with him, not wanting to put too much on his plate. And he played more last summer than he played this summer. So, you know, what do you do with that? All right. Uh, let's see. We obviously got uh, uh, 53-man roster projections coming on the site, full breakdowns coming, film rooms coming from the game. And, you know, as we, we get into next week, I, I don't think they're going to make any cuts until they absolutely have to. Uh, what did they do last year under Omar? Did they did they wait last second? I'm just I don't remember because under Colbert, yeah, they waited till like the you know the very last second when the NFL was probably banging on their door saying, "Hey, can you guys get your cuts in?" But right. What what they what did they do last year? Let's see. I, I'm trying to remember. It, it was it was fairly late. I think some names they all leak out, you know, or something. You know, sure. the obvious ones kind 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 of leak out there. Uh, as far as the team announcing it, it was on the, th- let's see, the 30th. Which I assume was deadline day, right? I, I believe so, because that was the same day that they traded for Malik Reed and Jesse Davis. And they uh, they, they released and waived a lot of guys that same day on, on August 30th. So what it- day was August 30th last year? Oh, I have no idea. I, I mean, I assume that was cut down. Scroll back. Uh, that was a Tuesday. All right. Then I assume it's dead. It, it, it looks like they actually, there was an initial wave earlier in the afternoon on cut down day where they announced or maybe rumored that 
you know, 20 guys or so were cut. And it was kind of a second wave that looks like how it went last year, but I don't quite remember. Right. I, I, I do think it came in waves, but I do think it came on, on that Tuesday yeah, though. I think you're right as well. So, all right, Dave. Um, I don't know. If right, should, we, should we have, uh, uh, oh yeah, I guess we've got to get to read your emails. Plus, uh, also, uh, maybe we'll have a, a round table with some of these guys before the regular season starts, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Uh, let's see what we got in. And then just sorry to interrupt, but yeah, 1215 last year, they announced their first wave of cuts. And then a little bit later, I think the final cuts came in. All right. Just a few emails here. Uh, Kevin and uh, buddy, Kevin in Albuquerque. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on a point uh, in Alex's overnight video summarizing the 24 nothing victory against the Falcons. He said the depth at linebacker is so much better than last year. He says, I agree with this outside and inside. My question boils down to this. Do you see this improve? Do you see this improved depth, especially at inside linebacker, as a product of selection of better free agents than in years past or of players who better fit the Steelers style? He says, I know there's been uh, much talk on previous episodes on the podcast in the Kevin Colbert era of dumpster diving for talent and free agency is uh, the improvement about getting quality closer to the kitchen than the dumpster. That's an interesting way to uh, phrase it. Or maybe finding players that just fit the scheme the Steelers want to play uh, more successfully. Uh, So how much versus better quality dumpster diving versus better fit schematic? Look, Quan is on on a veteran benefit contract, right? With 152,000. So it's not like they, 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 uh, uh, they backed the Brinks truck up to get Quan Alexander. Yeah. Or Marcus Golden, who's on the same contract, right? Or, or, right. And he's edge, obviously. But I mean, as far as inside line, he said, yeah, linebacker depth in general is what I was getting at. Uh, Holcomb and you know, Holcomb, they they spend a little bit money on, but I mean, uh, Landon Roberts wasn't all, all that expensive. No, very cheap two year deal. So, I mean, it, it goes hand in hand. Anytime you get guys to fit your scheme better, you're probably just signing better free agents. But yeah, I think it's 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 they all they're part and parcel. But certainly, I think you got guys to fit the system a bit more effectively at inside linebacker. Guys that are more physical, intense, downhill, you know, attack the run and Alexander. And Roberts, and then on the edge, you know, it's just drafting well, know your system well, and to get a guy like Golden was was a huge get. Uh, Jeff Berg writes in, uh, is this team the most loaded in forever? I'm 50, and I've been following this team my whole life, and it's been a long time since this team was so loaded. When last would you say this team was this loaded with talent? Oh, Lord, I I don't even want to try to recollect. Uh, Look, I, I feel... I, I've we've we've said this. This is a very talented fifty-three. No matter how it ends up, uh, I I will say that this is a very good-looking fifty-three man roster for this team, and uh, probably a better one than we've seen in several years. Yeah, I can't answer concretely, you know, as a, as a team, but happy with where things are at. He says his only complaint is McFarland and Calvin Austin III having their undershirts hanging way below their jersey, which would seem to make it easier to grab a hold of them in certain situations. It's hard not to be excited for this team. Here's to hoping the preseason wasn't an, an anomaly. 
Yeah, the only thing I should mention with Austin, and it's kind of jokey with the comment about the shirts, at least I assume that it is, but Austin does spin too much on punt returns, and I'm worried about a ball getting dislodged one of these days. Okay. Only All right, uh, uh, Steve uh, Novakovic, uh, rookie outside linebacker Nick Herbig, racked up three and a half sacks this preseason. How impressed should we be? When was the last time a Steeler outside linebacker had one or more sacks? per game in three preseason games in the same preseason. Don't you have to go back to either, what, Tuzar? Yeah, and a Daney. Did Jameer Jones have a bunch? I know he did great on special teams. Did he get sacks, too? I mean, it's happened before. I know it feels kind of new, but yeah, Tuzar, a Daney, maybe even Jameer Jones. Like I said, Pittsburgh always kind of pass rushers to pop in the summer, uh, guys that are you know new and uh, Herbig's this year's uh, flavor. And as far as his his, his, his co- question coming about Nick Herbert racked up three and a half sacks this preseason, how pressed should we be? Take take the sack, take the actual you know sack number out of it. Uh, the 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 tape alone has just been fantastic with him. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stats and the tape match up. Sometimes you get you know three and a half sacks and they're pretty low quality. Their coverage, whatever the case is, quarterback runs into you. Not the case with Herbert. They've all been high quality sacks. And he's had, he's got some pressures in here, and he's got mm-hmm. some chases, and 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 all like that. So, how impressed should should we be? How about very impressed? <laughs> I'm with you. All right, uh, I think we got through the emails there. Uh, you and I'll be back on uh, Monday uh, to go over the all 22 and start getting set up to go over our uh, final 53 man roster predictions and. All like that. So uh, great preseason, Alex. Uh, anything else to add before we get out of here? Just want to thank our whole team staying up late last night. This whole preseason, uh, the one downside of preseason is all these night games that make for some late nights, early mornings. But it's been a great month for the site and appreciate all the support and still got a lot more coming your guys' way. We sure do. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, SteedersDepot.com, hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Also, if you'd like an ad free version of the site, SteedersDepot.com, hit the ad free button up right navigational bar. Not bad for a couple of guys just going on a couple hours of sleep, I don't think, today, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and we got a busy day ahead of us, and we'll be back, obviously, on Monday. So, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.